Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Welcome back. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio. So I mentioned that World Cup semifinal game. It's not semifinal game. Third place game between Croatia and Morocco. Croatia up 2-1 right now. Second half has just begun. And I just want to uh, do open lines this segment. I want to hear from you. All right, members of the AWOD Army, right now, 1-800-636-1067. You can call me and ask me whatever you want. Who do you think will win the World Cup? How bad are the Wizards right now? It is not fun watching the Wizards play so beat up and hurt. And are the Commanders a playoff team? 1-800-636-1067. You can always tweet me at AWOD Radio, but I want to hear you hear from you. Call me right now, 1-800-636-1067. Uh, let's go to Andre and Manassas. What's going on, Andre? Hey, well, I'm doing well, man. A couple of things. I'm like you, I agree. The, the French team, France, should win the, the World Cup. And, you know, I know they're kind of underperforming. But at the end of the day, you know, I don't necessarily think they're the best national team out there. Um, I think, you know, when Spain did what they did with winning two Euros, and I can make an argument, winning the Euro is much, 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 much more difficult than winning the World Cup. Um, so I think that's why you may Hold see on a France. second. Hold on a second. Hold on a second. I love talking soccer, but... Uh, you're not going to convince me the Euro Cup is tougher than the World Cup when teams like Brazil and Argentina don't play in the Euro Cup. Oh, you know, that's another debate here and there. But um, <laughs> I do think I do think the Euro is more difficult. You have more class in, in the Euro um, from the round stages and, and so forth. So just too many more class teams in that, in that, in that tournament. Um, my question to you, as far as the commanders are concerned, talk to me about the offensive line. How bad um, are we in the offensive line? Because I know we had some injuries. I haven't been up on it for the last week or so. Are we healthy? Are we good to go? And last but not least, when it comes to this three-team wild card, there is a possibility that the game against Dallas will mean absolutely nothing. And I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing for football when you know the commanders – Commanders Cowboys means absolutely nothing. Thanks for the call, man. I appreciate it. I'll go through a few of those topics now. Uh, so the offensive line is a little healthier, but they're, they're shaking things up here, uh, moving some guys around. Wes Schweitzer will get the start at center. Uh, has me a little bit worried about the snaps. And, and look, the protection against New York was not good enough. Heineke, the biggest thing that Heineke has done over Carson Wentz was not take the sacks, right? Been able to escape the pocket and extend the play. Uh, that didn't happen against New York last time. The offensive line was god-awful. I mean, uh, Charles Leno has been great all year. I don't know what happened on that play in overtime where he let the guy go right past him. Heineke sacked at the one-yard line. Could have been a sack fumble that cost us the game. Uh, so the offensive line, the protection against the Giants, uh, the Giants D-line is going to be massive for Washington. Uh, going back to the World Cup, though, with Andre, with Andre, with Andre, what Andre was talking about there, with France against Argentina, I do think France is the more talented team. Argentina wins this game based off of what Lionel Messi does, but also 21-year-old Enzo Fernandez has really impressed me in the midfield. He's the kind of guy that could 
get the ball, make a guy miss, start the counterattack, feed Di Maria, feed Messi, feed Alvarez, that leads to goals for Argentina. I'm just really hoping we get a lot of goals in the back of the net and everybody can enjoy watching soccer because I am such a huge soccer fan. Uh, Let's go back to the phone lines here. We got Vic and Manassas. What's going on, Vic? What's up, Aywak? Hey, what's up, dude? Thanks for calling. No problem, no problem. So, um, my wild card topic is the Golden State Warriors, but we definitely have to talk about the Commanders. The Commanders are definitely, uh, should be a playoff team. Um, they, they have all of the tools and the weapons uh, to win and get into the playoffs and to be competitive in the playoffs. Um, whether or not they are a good team, we have not defined that yet. Um, we will know good when we see them actually execute on all of the ability they have offensively and defensively and, and their stars showing up when it's time for stars to show up. Um, we were four plays away from blowing the Giants out. Fundamental football, uh, keeping the outside edge, not letting uh, uh, Daniel Jones get outside. We were uh, two plays on offense, uh, Brian Robinson running into the end zone, not tipping out of bounds. And then Tyler Heineke just stepping a little bit uh, to the right to put that uh, pass in Logan, uh, Logan Thomas's hands for the touchdown. Yeah. I'll leave with this. The Golden State Warriors are 500. And the Golden State Warriors are 500, I believe, because the Draymond Green and Jordan Poole situation has caused more uh, problems to the equilibrium of the Warriors than they're leading on and is being publicized. I believe the Warriors will continue to be at uh, uh, uneven balance until, Jordan, um, until Draymond Green is traded. Draymond Green has, I want, uh, uh, I'll say his welcome there. He was good for them for a lot of years and he helped them win championships. But his attitude and his arrogance, um, his immaturity. I'm not saying that he's going to continue to be like that, but it affected him deeply, and I think there is a split on that team right now. Vic, I appreciate the call, man. Good stuff there. I totally agree. Look, Heineke's got to stop missing the open receiver. I mean, Logan Thomas should have had a touchdown. Uh, that I mean, it's just driving me crazy. I do agree if, if Robinson Jr. gets into the end zone on the first drive and it's seven points instead of three, and then that other missed pass. I mean, Washington could have blown out the Giants. Instead, it was a 20-20 tie. Sets up this massive game on Sunday Night Football. To respond to his question about the Warriors, I don't think it has much to, as much to do with Draymond Green as much as it has to do with Andrew Wiggins has missed eight games. Andrew Wiggins is a big reason. He's the number two reason. Steph Curry's the number one reason they won the title last season. He, he's just been incredible. I mean, the guy hits three-pointer after three-pointer. It's so much fun to watch. Andrew Wiggins' play on the defensive end and attacking the basket and the scoring that he did in the playoffs last year is the reason the Golden State Warriors won the title. I will say, though, I've always thought Golden State is soft inside. Kevon Looney's not good enough. Draymond Green can't start at center for an entire season. He, he gets hurt. And he also, uh, he's just not good enough. He's undersized. James Weissman hasn't played many games this year, hasn't done much. And so the Warriors, I think their issue is they're just they're soft inside. And Klay Thompson's the shell of himself. I mean, he just does not look as athletic as he used to look. Golden State's in trouble. My hot take has always been that they're going to trade Jordan Poole to the Brooklyn Nets, and you'll see Kevin Durant back in a Golden State Warriors uniform. That's because they're going to get desperate. At, at, at this point right now in the season, if the playoffs started today, the Warriors would be a 10 seed in a play-in game, and Steph Curry's going to miss a few weeks with a shoulder injury. They're going to get desperate. They're going to make a move, and I think it's Kevin Durant back in a Warriors uniform because look at Brooklyn. I mean, that's a blank show. I mean, it's terrible. I get it. They've won a few games and and, and kind of turned it around here. Uh, but I, I don't think Brooklyn makes a mark in the East, and so I think they shake it up completely and make a trade. Back to the phone lines here. Let's go to Eric in Fairfax. Eric, you're on the fan. Hey, hey, Wad. How you doing? I'm doing good, man. Thanks for calling. 
Yeah, I wanted to see if you saw the article, I believe it was last week, that um, mentioned five officiating mistakes that may well have cost the game uh, for Washington. And um, if you didn't see it, but there are two I'm sure you know about. And um, one was the pass interference that would have given McLaurin a first and goal at the uh, one that flag was pulled back, and the other was that nonsense uh, illegal block call on um, Logan Thomas that stalled the drive. Yeah, I'm totally with you, man. Uh, Those calls cost Washington. I hadn't read the article. I'm looking it up right now on Rigo's rag. Yeah. I mean, look, I I totally feel like the Logan Thomas one was terrible, right? And and the other one cost Washington tremendously because that was a play there where I think if Terry McLaurin is not impeded with, he probably catches the ball and gets into the end zone, right? So you had the phantom block in the back on Logan Thomas that ruined one drive. You had the other drive that was ruined uh, based off of that, because that was a third down play, and it really drives me crazy that they threw the flag and then picked it up. I mean, that should be illegal. That should be illegal. That there should be there should be a punishment for that referee. Don't take that flag out of your pocket. Don't throw the laundry on the field, and stop the game if you're going to end up picking it up because somebody told you something. You guys are going to huddle together and make the wrong decision. Stupid. Cost Washington a victory. Thanks for the call, Eric's. Eric, phone lines are open. 1-800-636-1067. 1-800-636-1067. We'll go behind enemy lines at one. Excuse me, at 1130 uh, with Giants Radio Network host Lance Meadow on the show. You're listening to AWOD Radio on the fan. Welcome back. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio. Here on DC Sports Radio 1067, the fan. If you want to get in touch with me throughout the show, it's 1 800 636 1067. I appreciate the support I've been getting today and the phone calls. If you want to support me during the week, download the Odyssey app today for free. All right, the Odyssey app is the best app for radio, podcast, anything you want to stream, even live sports on the Odyssey app. Download it today for free and search 910 the fan to find me Monday through Friday from. 12 to 3 p.m. in Richmond, Virginia. So tomorrow, December 18th, is the first night of Hanukkah. Happy Hanukkah, right? And the first night of Hanukkah for this year, all I want is a commander's win. I am sacrificing one of my eight crazy nights, right? People who celebrate Christmas, you might get 25 presents. You might get 30. You might get, you might get one or two. I don't know how it works. I celebrate Hanukkah. But I know that I am going to sacrifice one of my eight crazy nights for a Skins win. That's my selfless move for the year. I want everyone in the DMV to be celebrating a victory the week before Christmas. I get it. We have a, a, a game on Christmas Eve. And I don't know when, whether we'll win or lose that one. But on the first night of Hanukkah, I am asking for a commander's win. I can hear the, the song right now with Adam Sandler. On the first night of Hanukkah, Awad said he needs a commander's victory. Can I get that? Can we accomplish that? I'd love it. 1-800-636-1067. Lance Meadow will join the show at 1130, or 11.30. We'll go behind the enemy lines to see what the G-men are thinking ahead of Sunday Night Football. When Lance Meadow of the Giants Radio Network joins me in just about 15 minutes. But I was searching through his recent work. And the other stories on the Giants website. and went through a bunch of Giants fans' blogs. And here's what they're saying about this matchup. 
The Giants are saying, we know them. We know Washington. They know us, and they think it's all about execution. They think this game is going to come down to execution. X's and O's, because both teams are even. I don't agree. I don't think they know us at all. I think they know that we can run the ball well. And yes, it's going to come down to execution at times. But I think Scott Turner, if he's able to utilize his full set of weapons, Washington has so much more talent than the New York Giants. We're just a better football team. If Curtis Samuel is going, if Jahan Dotson is involved, if McLaurin gets his targets, I think there's a way for Washington to score 30 points against the Giants and win this game by double digits. Look at the way the Eagles did that. They put up 48 points on that secondary. And that secondary is worse than ours. And I don't say that often. You have to take advantage of Fabian Moreau. He can't cover. If Landon Collins is back there on Sunday, throw it deep. He lacks the speed. We know that. Our defense should be able to get off the field on third downs, right? If they're stopping the run, setting up third and long, and they got to throw, the Giants have to throw, we should be able to get off the field. And that should set up the offense with plenty of opportunities. This is a game where Washington should be able to score more. That's our advantage. The advantage is that the Giants have a weak secondary and that Washington has more talent on their roster. The Giants radio network knows they can't beat Washington. So like I'm saying, I went behind enemy lines to prepare for this show. I listened to a full hour of a show on Friday, a G-Man show. I listened to them for an hour go on about Barkley, Saquon's so great, and Daniel Jones and his ability not to throw the ball, but to run, even though he plays the quarterback position. Not running back, he plays quarterback. And their defense, and they think it's so good with their defensive line. And they talked about their injuries. And I'm listening to them, you know, hypothesize, hypothesize a way for New York to win this game. And here's what they're saying. They know New York... Should not have even earned a tie in that first game. It was lucky. They knew New York will need more luck again this weekend. Can they beat Washington fair and square? I don't think so. Let's take a listen to this short soundbite from the Giants radio network. This uh, two weeks ago, but I let me see. I got to hear something. Here it is. Washington Commanders. Up, by the way. Washington Commanders have been flagged for pass interference a league high 11 times this year more than anybody else in the league, okay? They are number two. Their secondary has drawn 29 penalty flags. Only New Orleans with 34 has drawn more penalty flags as a secondary than the Washington Commanders, which, by the way, says to me, don't be afraid to take a few shots because even if you don't complete them, you may wind up drawing a flag. Sure. (laughs) One other note. Related to the secondary that we didn't talk about. We mentioned most of the players coming back or being hurt. I would not overlook Benjamin St. Juice in the commander's secondary. And we talked about this with J.P. Finley on the Giants Huddle podcast. The reason I bring him up, A, he's had a very solid season. Another young guy on their team. But he's got the length at 6'3". So you hear that? I don't think Giants fans, Giants reporters, believe they're more talented than Washington. They need to win the game with penalties. Giants fans were actually hoping for a top 10 pick going into this season. But then, you know what? They just kept winning games. The season changes. Your game plan changes. Instead, they're fighting for the playoffs, similar to Ron Rivera in his first year in Washington. 
as I just played for you right there, the Commanders have 11 pass interference penalties on the season. That's first in the league. 29 secondary flags thrown. That's second in the league. The Giants cannot win this game without help from the refs. Washington has more talent. I know that. The coaching staff knows that. The Giants know that. It's a complete failure by Ron Rivera and his coaching staff if they cannot get the win this Sunday night. Following a tie and a bye week before home field advantage for the rematch, this team has to win this game. You've been well-rested now. There's no excuses. Washington has to get a win on Sunday. And I think Giants fans are thinking, the only way we win is if we get a couple sneaky scores. How do you get sneaky scores? Oh, a 60-yard pass interference penalty. All of a sudden, we're at the 10-yard line. We can run it in with Saquon Barkley. A turnover. Or a defensive holding that turns a third and 12 and just a first down. Maybe it's just a five-yard penalty, but it resets the chains. Washington cannot have those plays like they had the first time these two teams played against each other. The game ended in a 2020 tie because Washington did not take advantage of their opportunities. And because Washington did not convert enough on third down. And because Washington had seven penalties for 55 yards. That was the difference in the game. The seven penalties. You heard the caller. He believes that the refs cost the game for Washington. And just like I played in the audio that you just heard right there from the Giants Radio Network, they believe the refs could decide the outcome of this game. You cannot let that happen if you're Washington. You have to score first. have to hold on to the lead. Got to take advantage of your opportunities in the red zone. And you got to put seven points on the board. No missed opportunities this Sunday. No missed field goals. No drives where you get into field goal range and then you're sacked and you got to punt it. Tressway has been special teams player of the month. I think like three, uh, three times in the past three years, right? I mean, just every single year he does something incredible. You know what I want to see from Tressway this Sunday? I want to see Tressway never step out on the field. I don't want to see him punt because that means we missed an opportunity on third down. I don't want to see Tressway. Heck, I don't even want to see Joey Sly except for kickoffs. I want Washington to put seven points on the board each quarter of this game, score 28 points, win the game 28-16. If you want to chime in, 1-800-636-1067. You're listening to AWOD Radio on the fan. Let's go real quick to Shane in D.C. Shane, you're on the fan. What's up, buddy? Love your show, man. Calling every Saturday. But one thing, I don't think we're going to score 30 points. I don't think we have the – we do have the talent to do it, but – we're handed with one thing, Tyler. We cannot get there. Heineke cannot get us 30 points. That's the way it is. Now, our defense is legit. And, hey, look, we got to give the Giants front four credit, too. That front four is uh, not a bad front four either. I think it's going to be a 27 to 20 game, uh, I hope. But I think it's going to be a nail-biter. I really do. Uh, do you like our chances if it's a nail-biter? Do you like our chances if it comes down to one possession? Daniel Jones plays his tail off against the uh, Commanders. So, you know, he, he may have one of those games. He goes in there and rushes for 200 yards and throws for 300. You never know with him. Yeah. Shane, I appreciate the call, man. Thanks for chiming in. Love your support. Let's go to my girl Sabah in North Carolina. What's going on, Sabah? Hey, what? I'm up in the 
up here near Philadelphia, Pennsylvania listening to you today. Oh, hell yeah. I'm at a basketball tournament for my daughter, so, uh, you know, but you travel well. Um, <laughs> anyhow, so... Uh, earlier, you guys were you guys were talking about that Heidi should run more. That Rob maybe you know secretly kind of is okay with him getting hurt because he wants to give Wentz a chance. Uh, Wentz had his chance, so mm-hmm. I mean I don't know what everybody's thinking about that. That if if, if Wentz has but don't the you game, want Taylor to run more? I do, but not so he can get hurt. That's for sure. Not so we can bring Wentz in. Um, but and I see this game is not a rematch. They, no one's won yet. It's halftime. We got a two-week halftime. They got a one-week halftime to make adjustments. <laughs> and uh, it's just halftime. So whoever wins this game wins the game, honestly. And, um, you know, I, I, the reason we can't score 28 is not Heineke's fault. It's Scott Turner's fault. He doesn't let Heineke do anything uh, but pass sideways and once in a while uh, go forward. And he's harassed, obviously, uh with the line, and if he dare misses a throw, well, that's it. Can't get another chance. I mean, uh, everybody keeps talking about the throw he missed to uh, Logan Thomas. Well, the very next play, uh, the running back uh, could have ran it in for a touchdown. He went out of bounds. Didn't want to get contacted. So no one wants to talk about that. It is a team sport. And the um, if it comes down to late-game situation, uh, close ball game, my money's always on Heineke. I want you to give me one game, Adam, one game where Heineke had the ball last, down, needing to score, and it didn't happen. The only game that he we lost uh, with him in it so far this year is Minnesota, and the stupid personal foul didn't give Heineke a chance to get the ball back down three with two minutes to go in the game. So give me one game where Heineke didn't come through late in the game. I'll hang You're up right. and listen. No, Thanks, buddy. He's been clutch. Sabah, I always appreciate your call. Thanks for chiming in. 1-800-636-1067 is the phone number here on AWOD Radio. I, I think Heineke's got to run more. But here's the thing. I-, I know a lot of people disagree with what Sabah says, but I agree that the play calling was scared from Scott Turner. He did not play call to win the game. He play called not to lose the game, especially in overtime. It was frustrating. Washington gets into the Giants' territory there and comes away with a punt, not even a field goal attempt. I think Washington should do a better job of that if it came down to it in overtime this weekend. And also, like she said, we've had two weeks to prepare for this. Only New York has had only six days. You're listening to AWOD Radio on The Fan. Lance Meadow of the Giants Radio Network joins me next. Welcome back to AWOD Radio. The Son of the Junks is back here on a Saturday morning. Join me here until 12 noon, live and local on DC Sports Radio 106.7 The Fan. And now it's time to go behind enemy lines. Joining me on the BetQL guest hotline is Lance Meadow. Sports betting has come to Maryland. Don't place that first bet without checking with BetQL. BetQL analyzes every game to find you the most profitable betting opportunities. Get three free days of BetQL access by downloading the BetQL app or visiting BetQL.com. It's Lance Meadow here with me on the BetQL guest hotline. What's going on, Lance? I'm doing all right, Adam. I guess I'm going to take you behind enemy lines, though. I don't know. Coming off a tie, are there truly enemy lines? I think that's the million-dollar question. Well, I say it's enemy because I, I do really hate the Giants, and I hope you guys lose. How confident are you in the New York Giants? Well, right now, the Giants are not playing their best football. 
So if you look at where they were earlier in the season compared to now, I think it's really night and day. It's a huge game for them, clearly from a standings perspective, but as you just hit on, I think it's far more important for them to get back to what worked earlier in the season, which was running the football, involving Daniel Jones a little bit more in the rushing attack, and clearly he had success against Washington in the matchup two weeks ago, and also cleaning up some of their defensive issues. They have not been able to stop the run. They've struggled in the red zone, and they've also struggled to get off the field on third down, and all of those things were staples that they were relying on so heavily. So those are the things that clearly need to change if we're going to start talking about the Giants in the same context as we were earlier in the year. You, mes- you mentioned the running game. What's the deal with Saquon Barkley? Is he not fully healthy? I know there's uh, been reports that he's been banged up. He was questionable last week. He's just not been the same runner in the last four or five weeks that he was when the Giants got off to that 6-2 and two start. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. Look at the production. He's had less than 70 rushing yards in each of the last four games. I don't think there's anything wrong with Saquon. I think it's nothing more than just the wear and tear of a lengthy season. Remember, Adam, he hasn't played this many games in a season for a number of years because of the injury bug. So he was dealing with soreness in his neck. That's why he was questionable leading in to the game against Philadelphia. They pulled him once the game got out of hand, and it got out of hand for the majority of the second half, there was no point to put him through that when they knew they had a critical game against Washington. He was not on the injury report at all this week. He went through practice. I don't think the reason why he hasn't been putting up his typical numbers is, once again, a product of him not being fully healthy. To me, it's more of a product of they've gone up against some really tough defensive fronts over the last few weeks, including Washington and Philadelphia, and they're not getting... Barkley to the second layer of the defense. The key is you want Barkley one-on-one on a linebacker or a secondary member because then you feel good he can put a maneuver on them to win one-on-one and get some of those explosive runs. They're not getting him that penetration that we saw in the first few weeks of the season. So to me, it's a lack of execution in terms of the trenches as opposed to something wrong physically with Saquon Barkley. You don't want Jamin Davis one-on-one. He'll eat Saquon up. Uh, speaking of health, though, Washington gets St. Juice back this weekend. That's massive, right? You know he's our best corner, and it's not even close. Chase Young may get in some snaps. Washington's offensive line is getting a little healthier. The Giants have been ha- uh, hit hard by injuries recently. How healthy are you guys going into Sunday? Well, they're going to be without a Dory Jackson because he's still nursing that knee injury, and that's a significant loss. I think that's a big reason why they've given up some explosive plays through the air. Leonard Williams, to me, is the most critical piece if you're talking about injured players returning. He is questionable, but he was a limited participant in practice. He did not play against Philadelphia because of a neck issue. And if you remember, he got hurt in the Washington game two weeks ago and didn't play the bulk of the second half. Getting him back is key because, as I mentioned, they've been struggling to stop the run. And the Commanders ran for 165 yards in the first matchup, nearly five yards per carry. So that's a guy that can maybe help clog up some of those lanes with Dexter Lawrence from the defensive front. And that could go a long way to maybe putting Washington in some third and longs. And clearly both teams struggled on third down. If that wasn't the case, then we probably wouldn't be talking about a tie result. So Leonard Williams to me is the most critical guy returning. Other than that, they're not bringing back anybody of note, I would say, on either side of the ball, mainly because this team, to your point, has been missing some key ingredients in the majority of the season. They're not getting a savior in the receiving core. The offensive line got most of the pieces back over the last few weeks, and 
once again, they're dealing with what they can work with in the secondary without their top corner or Jordan Johnson. So it all comes down to Leonard Williams and whether or not he can make a significant difference in getting after the quarterback as well as stopping the run. Joined by Lance Meadow here on the BetQL guest hotline. Follow Lance on social media at Lance Meadow, working for Sirius XM, also the Giants radio network, on-air talent for pre- and post-game. Uh, so, Lance, last season when New York came to Washington, Washington stole the game with a 30-29 to victory thanks to two field goal attempts at the end of the game. Last matchup, a 20-20 to tie. So I just feel like Giants plus four and a half is the bet to take in this game. I got to imagine it's a field goal game either way. What's your breakdown? Yeah, I would be very surprised if either team pulls away. Though Washington did jump out to a 10 nothing lead two weeks ago and then just couldn't seal the deal. So clearly both of these teams have not won in dominant fashion all throughout the season. Washington has one loss in its last eight games, but look at the scores. They've all been within one score. And the Giants, they have seven wins this season, decided within a touchdown. So, I mean, the documentation is overwhelming that I would think I'm in line with you. It would probably follow a similar trend, which is why we're probably going to come down to talking about a key play here or there, an explosive play through the air, a third down conversion, a red zone stop. Yeah, I'd be very surprised if this game doesn't come down to the fourth quarter. And I'd also be surprised if it's not determined based on playing the trenches. Chase Young's coming back, at least we expect for Washington. Even if he plays limited snaps, what level of impact can he have in terms of helping what is a very impressive defensive front? And as I mentioned, Leonard Williams' return with Kayvon Thibodeau and Azizo Jalari providing a little bit of a spark for this pass rush. The Giants have had nine sacks over the last two weeks. Can that go a long way to maybe fluster Taylor Heineke? Those are going to be the difference makers when it's all said and done. Lance, I'm wondering, outside of this game, like, what do you think each team, New York and Washington, does at quarterback in the offseason? I, I got to imagine it's going to be wild. I expect another full quarterback circus around the league in the offseason. Well, both teams, I don't think, can say right now that they've solidified that spot moving forward. Carson, though, they gave up valuable resources for him. I don't think he's completely removed from the equation, but right now the smart move is to ride Taylor Heineke because they're getting wins, and that's most important. You don't want to disrupt momentum. The Giants, they're in the crossroads because you've got new management, unlike Washington. They did not draft Daniel Jones. I think it goes one of two ways. They're either going to give him the franchise tag and they'll say, let's buy another year and evaluate because we're still sort of unknown and maybe they bring in a young quarterback or they have Tyrod Taylor still under contract so they have that veteran insurance. Or they say, hey, we had a good season. The numbers are not overwhelming. We know what he is. We don't need to see any more, and we're going to either bring in a veteran or draft somebody and hit the reset button. I don't think they're leaning one way or the other, but I don't think also it's solidified. I think if you ask any member of the Giants front office, they would tell you we're still evaluating him because how can you say at this point, Adam, the Giants have thrown for 12 touchdown passes with Daniel Jones under center, and it's not all his fault. In fairness, as we've gone over, there's been many other issues across the board. What they've accomplished has far exceeded expectations, but in this league, it's hard to stay over 500 if your starting quarterback only has 12 touchdown passes, and part of that's a product of what's around him as well as his limitations. So can he stay healthy the remainder of the way? That's number one. And do they need to see more? At this point, 
I think the jury is still very much out. I don't think they're any closer to a full evaluation to say we're absolutely riding him moving forward. Yeah, I, I totally agree, and I think we're in the same boat in Washington. I had a caller earlier this week on my show in Richmond, 12 to 3 p.m., which you can listen to on the Odyssey app, say he'd ha- rather have Daniel Jones as the quarterback here in Washington. Look, this game is going to come down to one possession most likely. Turnover battle is going to be huge. Mistakes, penalties could decide this game. So I'm wondering, Lance, who do you believe is the better head coach? Who will have the better game plan? Boy, man, you're really putting everything under the microscope with respect to this matchup. In terms of coaching, Brian Dable's done a really good job. I mean, it goes back to what I talked about. I don't think anybody thought the Giants would be 7-5-1 and one entering Week 15. He's pushed a lot of the right buttons. They have pulled whatever they can deep out of the depth chart, and it's worked effectively. I think in the wake of what transpired two weeks ago, Adam, if you look at how they played the fourth quarter, the latter stages in overtime – I think both coaches are probably going back and saying to themselves, yeah, I wish we were maybe a little bit more aggressive. I I wish we didn't necessarily play it close to the vest and just try to maybe squeak out a tie. So, you know, I think this is a fairly even matchup. I don't think necessarily any coach on either sideline has a huge advantage. I think it's really more so the coordinators, actually, if you really want to come down to the thick of things, because what Mike Kafka does from a decision-making standpoint, if they can't get the run game going, what does he utilize with respect to the receiving core to get that passing attack? That's going to be huge, especially with the return of Benjamin St. Juice, who I believe is going to be an X-factor, because I think his length matches up well with Isaiah Hodgins, who has been somebody that has provided some consistency for the Giants, and then Jack Del Rio. Can he clean up What has been an issue for the commanders? They have had trouble containing Daniel Jones on the ground. He ran for 71 yards. If Daniel Jones has success, the Giants are going to be in third and manageables. If you're Jack Del Rio, you don't want them in third and manageables. You want Daniel Jones to throw the ball on a third and seven and a third and nine. So to me, this is more about the coordinators than necessarily what the coaches do because these games were so close in proximity, it's those little minute details which really fall on the coordinators that is going to determine the outcome on Sunday night. That's a great answer. Some really good points there. I I do think Scott Turner can win or lose the game based on his play calling. Lance, thanks so much for the time, man. Really appreciate it. Hey, you got it. Always a pleasure coming on, Adam. Thanks for having me on. Yep, you're listening to AWOD Radio. Keys to victory, and I'll go around the NFL and pick the winners for Saturday and Sunday's matchups next on The Fan. Welcome back. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio. You can get in touch with me throughout the show by tweeting me at AWOD Radio, A-W-A-D-D-R-A-D-I-O. Or you can call us when in 100, 1-800-636-1067. The key to the commander's victory is obvious. Stop Daniel Jones from running. Way too many yards on the ground last time, 71 yards. And it felt like every time he would you know, run out to the right, he would cut back. Or he would run out to the left and he would beat us to the outside. And it was just so frustrating watching our defense struggle against a guy that I think is awkward and not very fast. And not real, doesn't even look like an athlete out there. And yet, he's running all over the place. John Bostic told reporters, we got to make sure everybody's 
in the pass rush lanes, and we've got him contained. Give him room, and he will take off. Cam Curl told reporters, having eyes back to the quarterback, that's important. When we see him breaking the pocket or trying to run, we need everybody breaking back to him and game gang tackling on Daniel Jones. That's how you stop him. I think it's going to be key if Washington could not only stop Daniel Jones, but cause a turnover like they did in the first quarter of that ball game two Sundays ago. Let's go to the phone lines now. 1-800-636-1067. Kevin in Fairfax. Kevin, you're on the fan. Hey, Kevin. Kevin, are you there? All right. Well, let's put Kevin back on hold, Caitlin. We can go to him in a little bit. Uh, keys to victory for Washington. Number one. Run for 100-plus yards. I mean, that's just been the reason the Washington's turned the season around. From 1-4, and four, couldn't really run the ball. In fact, I think the team should have been 1-3. and three. Get Brian Robinson back, and you should have beaten the Titans. Should have been 2-3, and three, right? You had four plays from the two-yard line. They did three throws. I mean, it's just wild to me that we didn't hand it off to our star running back. Maybe he wasn't fully healthy back then. But since he's got going and gotten fully healthy, he's had a ton of... Uh, Games where he's ran for 100 yards. And it's one of those things where he's gotten better and better as the season has gone on. So, I mentioned that Titans game. He only had 22 yards. Then he had 60 against the Bears. We win 12-7. 73 against the Packers. We win by two. All right? Limited in the Colts game. Limited in the Vikings game. And then that Eagles game dominated. 26 rushes for 86 carries. Dominated against the Falcons. Was fantastic against the Giants as well. And so that's my key number one. Rushing for 100 yards is the first key to beating the Giants. Number two, win the turnover battle. That's been the, I mean, the second biggest thing for Washington turning this season around. Like, the first few weeks of the season... Washington was turning the ball over, and we would drop interceptions. We were dropping interceptions. The other team would fumble the ball, and we'd have a chance to pick it up, and we couldn't land on it. They'd land on their own fumble and recover it. Somehow that's turned around in in the second half of the season. Part of me believes that's Derek Forrest. Since he's come in and made himself a staple in this lineup, he's caused a lot of turnovers. Benjamin St. Juice deserves a lot of credit. He's the one that caused the fumble on Quez Watkins when it looked like the Eagles were to get back into that game. You win the turnover battle, you should win the game. And my third key to victory, convert on 50% of your third downs. Got to do better than we did last game. Last game against New York, Washington was 3 of 14. 3 of 14. If we have 14 third down opportunities, we got to hit 7 of them. All right. Why is that so important to convert third downs? It just keeps your offense on the field. It doesn't force your defense to make a play. And it gets you closer and closer to the striking range. Get into the red zone. Convert in the red zone. Be efficient on the offensive side of the ball when you get past the 50-yard line. You know, it came down to that in overtime. Washington got past the 50-yard line. You're within five yards of striking distance to send out Joey Sly for a game-winning field goal. Couldn't get it done. Offensive play calling has to be better from Scott Turner. Sunday night football. I think the commanders get the win 17-13. Thanks for Caitlin for producing, for producing the show. I'll see you guys next Saturday on The Fan. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? 
Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.